Welcome back to the Slutrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Anna D, aka The Professional Goddess, here to empower women to build their own empire and interview sluts who like to make money. On my podcast, I give you a peek inside my life as a girl boss, mentor, retired cam girl, viral TikToker, and now 1% OnlyFans creator. I share my ups and downs of running a multi-million dollar business and the difficult yet sexy path to success. So, my dear slutchpreneurs and my boss bitches in training, grab your notebooks, put on your crown, and if you're a new listener, it's an honor to have you here. Get ready to take a peek inside my pleasure chest. So, welcome back, everybody. I have the pleasure of speaking to the founders of Personal Fave Co. today. Their company is dedicated to clean, plant-powered intimacy products so you can enjoy your sex lives to the absolute fucking fullest. The ladies of Lube are all about empowerment and prioritizing pleasure. So, let's give a warm, slutty welcome to these two slutrepreneurs, Hannah and Stephanie. Hello. Welcome. Hey, Anna. Hi. So your website states that it's good to feel good. And I really liked that statement. And I think a lot of us just don't really learn the spectrum of good that sex has to offer when we are, you know, growing up and understanding our bodies. So where did this desire to like feel good begin? Because you don't own a a sex company for no fucking reason, right? Fair. We really don't. And Stephanie and I have known each other since we were 14 years old. So when you're a teenage girl, you go through a lot of your firsts together and you can feel a lot of shame when you're enjoying things. And we're like, what the fuck is up with that? Like, why is it bad to feel good? And why is it bad to prioritize pleasure? And then on top of that, we're product geeks. And we noticed everything out on the market was disgusting. And so we were like, okay, feeling good is good scientifically. Like the chemicals that you give off after an orgasm, like that's real, okay? Stress is an epidemic in this country. What if, what if people were prioritizing their pleasure more? And how can we help educate people to not only diffuse shame and stigma, but about ingredients that are out there? Our tagline is we keep it clean so you can get dirty. Like you don't have to worry about what's in the product. Like get your freak on. We got your back. It's all clean stuff. I love that because... I operate a sex toy company and I'm going to be honest, I am terrified to explore the lubricant area because A, like people don't know which lubes to use with what products. So you have to offer so much education about that because I'm all I'm thinking is like, oh my God, the unhappy customers, like the insurance I'm going to have to get if someone like gets a rash down there and, and all this like cherry stuff and this stuff that bubbles. Like it just, I'm like, maybe it's safer to just not not go into that territory. So I really admire that you are just embracing it in such like a clean way. So I'm curious as to like what your first lube experience was for both of you. Like, was it good or bad? My first lube experience was probably in college and I didn't really know what was happening to be be (laughs) honest. You know, I think I went home with this guy that I knew from Coconut Grove, shout out Miami, and was at his house. And, you know, as we were kind of getting deeper into the play, like all of a sudden this giant bottle of Astroglide like comes out and he's just like pouring it all over. And I'm like, wait, what? And he's like, no worry, like it'll make it better. And I was Slip like, and slide. 
Okay. Um, for me personally, it was quite aggressive in terms of the amount that was used. And I was a little um, taken aback. But at the same time, it definitely showed me that there are other ways to explore your pleasure. And obviously, it was something that he really enjoyed. So I just, you know, went with it. But it was definitely not my favorite sexual experience by any means. And for me, it just there wasn't the connotation with lube was not sexy. Like it was like being in like a fratty guy's room and seeing this like disgusting KY bottle next to his bed. And like, that's not hot. But then on the other side of it, like one in three women need lube for penetration, but you have this mindset of like, it's this gross squirt syrupy bottle. And so we were like, okay, let's educate people. Let's make something sexy. Like ours comes in a black glass bottle. You can leave it out on your nightstand. It's super chic. And it's not something where you're like, oh, this is gross, but we have to do it. It's like, oh, this is fun. Let's add this into the play. Like, I love that you can like keep it out on, you know, the mantle or the bedside table, because that's super important to me, like aesthetic uh, as you know, but you don't want, I don't know, like the lubriderm on the bedside table. I'm just like, what are we doing? And (laughs) red flag energy. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I like to say, you know, to me, sex toys are sex tools. And, you know, not everyone can orgasm just from simple penetration. It took me for fucking ever to figure that out. So I feel like we all have this underlying stress. Like when I meet this guy, like I'm not going to bring my Hitachi in my book bag. I mean, now I would, but (laughs) old me totally wouldn't. So there's this connotation of shame that goes hand in hand with, you know, products we bring into the bedroom. And this is just, you know, so important to bring light and normalize. And I think lubricants do the same thing. Because when I was younger, I almost overproduced down there. I remember asking my OBGYN, like, it looks like there's, you know, like panties are creamy, like I'm having to wear panty liners on day that I want my period. And I remember he was like, you're gonna wish you had this when you're older, you know, and, uh, you know, now I'm a little more balanced out and all but I think we grow up thinking if we're if we're dry, that means like, we're hitting menopause, or we're not sexy. And it's like, you can still use lube even if you're not dry down there. A hundred percent. And that's so interesting that you experienced that at a young age because, and I also applaud you for asking your doctor because I feel like so many young women are just like, something's wrong with me. I'm embarrassed. I'm not going to say anything because in education, like, we aren't educated on pleasure. We're not really, it's just like, you're going to get your period. And if you have sex, you're going to get pregnant and you're going to get a disease. And that like, this is anatomy. This is pleasure. Things are going to happen down there. And so you're a rare breed for talking to your doctor about that. I think that's awesome. And to your point, yes, dry or wet lube is a fun tool. I love that you call toys tools because Mm -hmm. it's not, you're not broken. It's not something to fix. It's just another player with you in the bedroom. So now that you've gained so much, you know, experience, this is something you sell, how would you suggest 
someone bringing out whether it's a toy or especially some lubricant to the bedroom like what would be like this the sexiest way or like the most natural way to do it I think that's a really good point I think there's a way to bring it up with your partner as an enhancement and I think that's so much it tied to what we are trying to do in terms of re-educating the consumer especially about lubricant that's why we came to market with lubricant it's probably one of the most stigmatized tools out there And in terms of being like, I think we should try this, it will make our pleasure feel better. And making it just an open conversation and a dialogue. I also think that going to a sex shop with your partner is a really fun shared experience so that you can pick something out together and have it be a mutual kind of decision that you arrive to, especially whether it's toys or lubricant or both. I mean, maybe you want to experience bed straps and play with a little light BDSM. Maybe you do want to get a vibrator. Maybe when you're looking at vibrators, you're like, oh, wait, look at these anal beads. And then you're going to end up with a bottle of lube uh, to couple with it. There's so many different ways, but I think making it a joint conversation is the easiest way. And If it's like a hetero couple, especially there's, we chose to go to market with such a stigmatized product. And I think the male ego can be so fragile being like, we don't need lube, like I can get you wet. And so in that conversation, really being like, this is hot, like this product is like going to make us like last longer, or it's edible, or it enhances X. And just like, really, it goes back to what Stephanie is saying, like, I find it so sexy and attractive with your partner to be like, what turns you on? What are you interested in trying? What haven't you tried that you're curious about? And bringing it in instead of like, we're going to need to use this. Like going in with like excitement. Something just came in my brain. I'm like, you know how guys love that like virgin mentality and whatnot? Like I would be like, so I've never tried lube and I would like love to try it with you. Like what flavor do you think? Like I'm so nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Love reverse psychology. We're all about that. But I think what's awesome is a lot of our, we do have a lot of non-binary and gay couples as well that are just like, that's been been at the get-go of like their conversation. And so they've been wonderful and like such a great community to help us on educating what that sex conversation looks like. And I mean, anal, like lube is a, a God's, it's a gift from God to help with anal. And I've even seen some like desensitizing stuff. I haven't really like given it a try. I haven't pulled the trigger yet but I think you know in that area it doesn't really I mean some people produce like a frothiness in their butthole which I think is like a superpower but even getting it for that reason if if you're you know good not needing lube down there like why not make it a little slip and slide in in the area that might be a little more uncomfortable sometimes especially when you're you know trying that out for the first time <laughs> Completely. And our our CBD product is gorgeous for anal because it's CBD oil. So it relaxes the area, but also enhances blood flow. So it's a magic potion when you're getting into butt play. So on your website, it does say we've put years of our lives into developing the best products you could possibly imagine made with the cleanest ingredients and adaptogens, big word, that cater to your sex or 
organs rhythm. So I took a little dive into your ingredients because I'm so excited to talk about some of these things. You have the the wet product, W-H-E-T, the plant-based sex serum. You also have the pique. Pique. But like you are more than one person has been like pique, Shakira sex. <laughs> Which is the pleasure oil. So let's start with the wet. We have aloe vera, chamomile, horny goat weed, which I want to talk about, ginseng, and hemp. So already, like, we've heard these ingredients. They are great ingredients. So someone, like, who hasn't really tried lube, I feel like in the sex store, you know, you're not really sure if you're even, like, allergic to anything. So it's kind of scary to grab the, the cherry lube, you know? So seeing these ingredients, I'm like, okay, I've, I've ingested these. I like these. What made you drawn to these in particular and like curating these ingredients? So looking at different comps from Chinese and herbal medicine references is how we landed on a lot of these ingredients, particularly the horny goat weed and the ginseng, for example. These are things that you can ingest orally, um, which will help with arousal enhancement. So we kind of took that and ran with it. And we're talking to our chemist and work directly with him to make sure that one, there were levels that made sense Two, that if you do ingest it, it will help. But also when applied topically, it may also increase arousal, which is so great because we are trying to make this an enhancement, not a utility. And then hemp is something that helps vagina owners self-lubricate. In our wet product, it is not cannabinoid rich. It's just a hemp derivative. And then aloe and chamomile are both very nice and calming botanicals that really soothe sensitive skin and inhibit bacterial growth as well. So we just wanted to make sure that we were kind of touching on all of these things. I honestly was a little bit uh, meticulous and super diligent with the chemist going back and forth with the wish list of ingredients that we came to him with. And then he countered and would offer certain other things. And we explored it together. We went through 16 iterations with our testing group before landing on a final formulation. There's also stevia in the wet product so that if it does get on your mouth, it doesn't suck and can make oral sex that much better. So I feel really grateful to have drawn from those things. I mean, we are an LA-based company. We are privy to a lot more of the wellness and holistic health lifestyle choices as well as offerings. So pulling from adaptogens, Chinese medicine, as well as just thinking about what works well with natural products and sensitive skin. I mean, Hannah's Mm -hmm. background is primarily in natural products. So we definitely put our heads together here and landed on some really incredible formulations. We're customer obsessed. We wanted like Stephanie was obsessed with the formulas because she was like, I make this analogy all the time with like clean products. There's so many like clean deodorants on the market, but you still smell, right? It's like, I'm going to try this deodorant that's made from X, Y, and Z because I don't want all the scary ingredients, but I still stink. Stephanie's like, no, we're going to have a clean product that's actually effective and doesn't dry up just because it has clean ingredients. Like we want something that people are going to want to grab for when they're getting intimate. And that was so cool to just develop hands on. That's amazing. And Stephanie, you have such a sexy vocabulary. My God. (laughs) (laughs) 
with the stevia, I'm like, I'm thinking about all the times when guys like pull it out your puss, your, your puss, and then they want to shove it in your mouth. And yes, that's hot when you're like feeling it. But, but sometimes like we all have those moments where we were just like, not today, Satan. <laughs> and oh, yeah. having a little bit of stevia, like I love that. Now I, I can at least know that, oh, it's going to be like a little extra sweet, even though I'm already sweet. Yeah. And, and with the the horny goat weed, it says that it may help to ease erectile dysfunction and intensify sexual desire. And this is so cool because A, like guy, not especially guys and possibly in their 20s, maybe 30s aren't going to be reaching for ED medication over the counter, it can be especially shameful for them as well. So with it being in the lubricant, that's such a win-win, especially if like you're just not ready to have that conversation with a guy yet. A hundred percent. And I love that you brought that up because just last week, someone who is obsessed with the wet product pulled me aside at an event and she was like, Boing. I have- <laughs> literally, she was like, this is TMI. And I'm like, girl, there's no such thing as TMI in this industry. I make lube, bring it on. And she was like, everything about my boyfriend and I, our relationship was perfect, but we almost broke up because he couldn't perform until we started using this product. She's like, so like, we will thank you at our wedding. Yes. Putting the lube in the gift baggies. I love it. She was like, it just made him so much more confident in the bedroom. Yeah. And I mean, the other thing that like, to your point earlier is like, we want to have these products that not only perform well, but also it's like designed so sexy, it makes you horny when you look at it. I think it's really important that the whole customer experience is that incredible from, you know, looking at it, wanting to, you know, do something with yourself or with a partner, and then that the ingredients will actually help amplify the situation regardless of what you're doing. We're really grateful. And that analogy and story that Hannah just said, honestly, is such a great customer testimonial, because it feels like a lot of the time, some of our products resonate more with vagina owners, female identifying people. But at the same time, we do have a lot of male consumers, especially cis straight guys who may not necessarily be wanting to tout that they love our products, but their girlfriends are willing to tell us about it. So yeah, I I firmly believe I love my silent supporters who are repeat customers, like they may never have the time to leave a review or testimonial, but they are just like diehard silently supporting. So we love them. With the peak pleasure oil, we have the hemp chamomile, again, the horny goat weed, the ginseng and some rose in there as well. So the pleasure oil, the peak, does it feel more like a massage oil? Or like, what's the the difference in between the two as far as how they feel? So there's a couple differences. One, you cannot use oil-based lubricants with latex. And a lot of people don't know that. So that's a big learning opportunity. So you need to be using an oil with yourself or in a committed relationship, not when you're using latex condoms. Or with toys, both of our products are toy compliant. Yes, both are toy safe. The thing about the oil base is that it is truly an arousal enhancement. The CBD coupled with the rose and aphrodisiac extracts, wherever it's applied topically, it will enhance blood flow to the area. So it will help vagina owners get where they're trying to go that much faster, or it will help intensify erections for penis owners as well. And to Hannah's point before, if you are engaging in anal sex, it may help relax the area. And I believe someone was saying get you to that second sphincter that much easier. 
not so uh, experienced myself with anal sex, but people rave about this product for anal sex, which we're so happy about. The other thing is it is an amazing uh, massage oil. You can use it on sore muscles after the gym. I even had a roommate who once was putting it under her eyes for her dark circles. So it's truly a magical potion that can be applied in many different instances. It's multi-purpose. Yes, we love a multifunctional product. And with post-shaving, I've been having difficulty finding oils that help with like ingrown hairs after shaving and like redness and stuff. So I think I know the answer that this could be easily applied on your skin afterwards. Feels so good on your skin. I'm going to shamelessly plug another company that we love if you have that issue called Condition Her, and it is amazing for ingrowns. So, our product's great too, but I would be remiss not to shout out our girl Wendy who started Condition Her. Ooh, cute packaging. I'll have to give that a try. And with the CBD in the lubricant, I think it's so important because. When it comes to sexual abuse and having to recover after that and find joy in sex again, it is not a linear journey. And I think using this as a tool to relax, to open up. I mean, even again, when I go to the OBGYM, I am like clenched, like fucking rock when and he, they're like, push out, relax. You know what I mean? And it's like, maybe I need to rub some CBD on there before my doctor's appointment. But all jokes aside, I think recovering from abuse and, and trying to ignite that again with a safe partner, I think the CBD, would it would be an amazing ingredient for, for anyone. I think we can agree on that. 100%. I think it's so important. And I love that you brought that up because it when you've experienced something like that from something that's supposed to cause pleasure, then you're just instilled with fear when you're trying to get intimate with someone again. So being able to create a safe environment with a tool that could enhance and ease the tension in your body and your mind is a game changer. Yes. So I did want to ask, how do you store the lube? You said you could kind of just leave it out. Does it need to be like in a cool room, a warm room? Can you put it in your fridge? Like what what happens? Room temperature, ideally, definitely want to keep it out of direct sunlight. However, we do put it in dark bottles for that reason to help protect both of the organic formulations. So that is by design. I wouldn't put it in the fridge, but you could (laughs) if you want it to be cold. Personally, I don't like cold lube. I like it to put it in my hands a little bit and warm it up before doing anything with it. But that's a personal preference. But if you do want the aloe effect and, you know, you want to rub it on your sunburn, go right ahead. (laughs) What is aloe aloe vera based? So again, multifunctional. Okay, so I want to get into the reality of being a boss bitch in a sex product company because not only is are the loops fantastic, but I think when you open the curtain being a business owner in the sex space, it is something that people don't really know a lot about because the internet doesn't allow us to talk about anything. <laughs> Your website says that self-care products are being censored on social media for using the word sex. So we had to scream and then promptly make a company about it. And 
I agree. Censorship in sex is fucked, no pun intended. <laughs> but there's a particular type of pain for us in the, in the industry who are company owners and sex educators who aren't even like getting people hard. Like we're not even like we aren't ass and titties out. We are just like we have this and we're here to help you. Like it's literally so fucked up. So tell me your opinion on it before I start screaming into the microphone. We're on the exact same page. We hear you loud and clear. It definitely, as you read, makes us want to scream that a black glass bottle or sharing educational information and stats get flagged and shadow banned when there's nasty, actually dangerous, harmful stuff that doesn't get flagged at all on Instagram or Facebook. And then on top of that, we're women in this space too. So there's not only is our stuff being shadow banned, but then there's just this connotation of female founders not having enough autonomy out there in the space when it's a primarily male dominated industry historically with nasty ingredients. So yeah, we can rant because like I <laughs> like could shout about this forever and it just further motivates us. I'm like, cool, let's continue to shout from the rooftops and create solutions and lift each other up, go on podcasts with smart, badass, amazing people, and like continue to spread the word that what we're creating is awesome. Feeling good is awesome. And there should be no, it just adds to the rhetoric and narrative of shame, which we don't need. There's so much, unfortunately, misogynistic, double standards just throughout business. The trickle down effect, especially in our space is so paramount and felt in so many different ways, whether it's us going through our fundraising process, the way that we've been censored for advertisements with both Instagram and Facebook, inability to run some of our Google ads and keywords, the way that people speak just to Hannah and myself. Even just talking about it with other female founders who have been at it for longer than we have and how luckily it feels like we're on the cusp or in the midst of a sexual revolution, yet we're still being seen as such a taboo topic, such a niche. People refer to our business still as a project. It's so crazy. I think there's there's so many ways that the narrative needs to be shifted and we feel really grateful to be a part of that. But at the same time, we also need, honestly, the men to come around and champion us, which hasn't happened enough. And it feels as though some people are starting to show their colors and come on board in different ways for us behind the scenes, which we are so fortunate to have those people in our corner, yet it needs to be way more public. And I think there, you know, I don't know if it's like the Joe Rogan effect or whatnot, but there's something that's the undercurrent of like kind of keeping everybody separate right now that needs to be blurred in a major way. And I don't know exactly how to move it forward, but I know that we're a part of it and I feel really proud of the work that we do every day. That was beautifully said. I think when it comes to these hurdles, we have ads. So when you start a business, 
on the internet because nowadays if you start it, you know, in real life in a brick and mortar, it it's not going to be as fruitful as it is on the internet because you're only reaching your community versus like billions of people. It's, I mean, that's why you see so many stores shutting down. So you're on the internet, you're starting up, but you have competition. And some of this competition is able to use ads to reach their audience. So you could have a thousand followers, but the algorithm's only letting a hundred people see your posts. So you have to pay to have people see your posts now. It's just part of the business, but you're not even being allowed to compete in the industry. So it's like an uphill battle and then the algorithm could change and now it's not 100 people seeing your posts, it's 50 people. You can exhaust all your options and still not win sometimes. So I think ads, whether it's Google, Instagram, TikTok, like you have to commit like, okay, I got to rely on raw organic traffic. I have to rely on email marketing or DMing my customers, but it encourages you that much more to kind of think outside the box. Um, But I am curious, did you guys have to use a different payment processor when you started? I don't know if you use Shopify or or how that works for your business. We're on Shopify, but because of CBD and the rules and regulations state by state that are changing what feels like hourly on a non-psychedelic ingredient that comes from plants, that's a different rant. We had to find a different payment provider to plug into Shopify that allowed us to ship CBD. And even with our our water-based product that doesn't have CBD in it, it's hemp extract, Shopify flagged it, which to me was so interesting because again, we're it's clean ingredient products. Like nothing in here is scary or illegal, but people are just so fragile with new concepts and don't want to be at risk, which is another uphill battle that we are so joyously fighting every day. (laughs) The war on drugs is not over, kids. (laughs) And this is, honestly, I, I can't tell you this moment I'm relating with you does not happen for me, I don't think ever, because at the Horny Stoner, I sell sex toys and tobacco products. So you, it's 18 and up on both sides. So when you're talking about uh, sex, lube, and then the hemp side of it, t- to me, that's like a, a niche that I don't relate to a lot because with PayPal, we were allowed to invoice customers for sex toys, but not the tobacco products. And for a while we could, but they flagged our site because of the word bong or something. And then it insinuated weed and drugs. And I'm like, look at Rip and Dip. They're selling like crazy weed stuff. They have pipes on their store. You have Dolls Kill, huge company. Now they're selling tobacco products and they can use PayPal for their customers. And everyone uses PayPal at checkout because it's easy. You don't have to enter your credit card. So again, we are being like in a tighter, tighter quarter of things you can't use. So I'm not sure... You probably can't use PayPal either, right? No, we actually do use PayPal. Okay. We were riding high on PayPal when Shopify shut off our payments before we figured out an alternative payment processor. So PayPal, thank you. Don't turn off our payments. But at the same time, like we totally empathize with the concept, especially hearing about, you know, Rip and Dip and Dolls Kill. We're actually sold on Dolls Kill now, which is really exciting. But hearing about Rip and Dip being able to do it, which are also friends of ours, I think a lot of it comes down to how much are you selling and volume Mm -hmm. and how much money can you make, you know, 
there's definitely ways to get through some of the paywalls also with Instagram, which we have seen some of our competitors move forward with. And we have explored with some digital marketers who would love to work with us. However, $5,000 a month plus 2500 minimum ad spend, that's $7,500 just towards Instagram ads. We're a scrappy young startup. And that is just throwing spaghetti against the wall and hoping that it sticks uh, at best without any real A-B testing. Like that is not a burn that we're willing to carry at this point. And hearing about your issues with tobacco products, I mean, it's crazy because of these vice clauses that a lot of these banks and funds all have to abide by where sex, tobacco, cannabis. It's so deep. The consumer may not know. And I, I that's what I love about uh, the Slutrepreneur podcast. <laughs> because because I want my girls to know like, hey, if, if I know you might admire what we're doing, but like it's really fucking hard and it's so, so deep. When I tried to get a bank account for the horny stoner, they were like, we need you to show every tax record like from you've had since you started filing taxes to prove you're not child trafficking. I'm like, seriously? And, you know, because you use the word horny and stoner and it's just like red flag birthday cake. But uh, (laughs) as far as the the PayPal goes, um, luckily we did get it reinstated. We had to open a case with the BBB against PayPal. I had to hire a legal team to counter it and show documents and Rip and Dip and Dolls Kill were a part of that to say, hey, look, you you know, you're allowing it here. So they reinstated it, but then it, it just got shut down again. And I was like, I just, I can't afford to do an another legal case. So hopefully, uh, if if it's working for some, hopefully, you know, education can be provided as to how to to get through the, the cracks. But speaking of, you know, these techniques, do you guys have a favorite marketing tech te- technique, maybe like on TikTok that you use to not get banned or suppressed? <laughs> I love that question, because we Stephanie and I are both 33. Stephanie's almost 33. I just turned 33. And we feel like with TikTok, we're like 107 years old. We are like learning every day. But you know, you have to use like dumb spelling of like different words or like noises and all of that. But we've been so fortunate that our audience is so organic and loyal and supportive that they we get user generated content they repost us and we are kind of like fuck the algorithm and the shadow ban let's get cheeky and like play we'll play their game we'll play their game yeah i will say that 75 percent of our site traffic still comes via our instagram which is incredible considering we have had major issues growing our Instagram because of the shadow bans. TikTok, we're still learning. It is a continual process for us. But in terms of just marketing, getting into stores has been huge for us. That's been a major driver for our go-to-market strategy. Just congrats, you guys. Like Dolls Kill, that's incredible. Thank you. Yes, Dolls Kill was awesome. We've been with Goop since our launch year, which has been our biggest retail partner to date. And then we're in over 100 sex shops now nationwide, including some really big names, Hustler Hollywood, Pleasure Chest, Babeland, Good Vibration. Yes. Wait. No, I loved it. I loved it. 
sex shops have been so awesome for us. And I think there's a shift happening in sex shops in that retail because, again, there's so much stigma of connotation that they're like seedy and gross and like you don't want to like go there. But like look at weed shops 10 years ago and now they're like everywhere and they're cool. Like let's help amplify sex shops as well. And I'm curious in North Carolina, which what ones are near you? Because I want to make sure we're, we're in stores near you. <laughs> Priscilla McCall and Adam and Eve are probably the only two in a 100, 500 mile radius. <laughs> I know for off the top of my head, we're in a shop in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Fayetteville is what we call it. <laughs> Hilarious. So I have to ask with the trial with Gwyneth Paltrow, did was there a spike in goop traffic? Just curious, <laughs> maybe. I don't know if you can even tell or not. <laughs> I don't know because they own all of that. So I'll be so interesting interested to see their like March numbers for us. We probably should have leaned into the trial more, but just as consumers, we were like, this is hilarious. And just like we were enjoying it. We're like, let's take the day off and watch this ridiculous case. I was watching it, I probably watched. 20 hours of it. I'm not going to lie. Wow. It's the best reality TV. The memes were incredible. And we actually do have a call with Goop later. So we'll be sure to ask how their traffic was going during that because I'm sure it surged. Like it had to have. Oh, yeah. People were like, especially because she had the chicest outfits. People were like, I want that sweater. Let me go to Goop. And they're oh. like, mm, this $600 sweater. But they're all like, Prada, Acme, Acme Studios. Like she was wearing the coolest stuff. I think I reposted a meme that said, "My outfits are giving. I'd rather be making bone broth." And it was. Just- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love it. So back to girl boss business. I'm curious if you guys have a preferred supplier for your packaging or just a quick little rant on the journey with packaging because I myself, I moved my business back to my house out of a warehouse and I buy these biodegradable peanuts, but I get them from Uline because they're the cheapest and they're like size of an elephant. And I like my shed was supposed to be for like my lawnmower and stuff. And now that it's just full of peanuts. And when you go in there, it smells like a movie theater because they smell like popcorn. I don't know how or why. I'm sure it's the ingredients. But so yeah, my life has been biodegradable peanuts lately. And I think my consumers don't necessarily like the peanuts going everywhere. But I'm like, it's better than the plastic air bubbles. Yes. No, we we're constantly trying to be more sustainable with our packaging. Like our bottles are black glass. We they come in thin boxes, but we are looking. So we're always open, Anna or anyone listening. Like we've talked to a lot of different cleaner packaging, but what we're really obsessed with is the design of it all. So we are brand snobs. So like, yes, we have the black glass, but our bottles come in like blue or purple fun boxes that are genderless and cheeky and we found an incredible designer in your hood ish actually yeah who has just been slaying the design game but we're always looking to make you know if we have the cleanest ingredients our packaging should match that right yeah i think packaging is a learning process i think it's uh definitely something about finding people who unfortunately suck the least to work with it's an ever-evolving process. Is the 
least douchiest. I, I do feel we do also try to stay as far away from uh, Chinese production as possible with most of our product packaging. Our bottles come from Europe. We manufacture everything in California. A lot of our unit cartons are actually made in California. And then we do use recyclable bubble mailers, which maybe might be something that you want to take a look at. We can talk about that offline if you want to move away from your peanuts. <laughs> but we definitely have someone <laughs> who can help. And as Hannah said, like as we grow in scale and are able to afford it, we would love to be more sustainable overall and always looking to iterate on our current packaging solutions. This might be a sticky subject to navigate, maybe for me, but I feel like when you're a startup and growing, especially when you may not have any fundraising or funds at all, getting biodegradable and really clean packaging ingredients, products, whatever it might be, it can be more expensive. So I think it's it's a huge struggle for small businesses to give the consumers what they want, but also still profit enough to actually survive. And then we're also in a pandemic. So there has been times where I'm like, I have to buy poly mailers this month, with their, which are just the thin plastic mailers, yeah. because the holographic bubble ones that are 75 cents a piece, I, I won't be able to get inventory to ship in the bubble mailers. So it's can be a little tough as a business owner. I agree. And that is, it just pisses me off that clean and sustainable are connected to access and privilege. Like everyone should be able, this should be table stakes. And that goes even to our product. We have clean products and they are a higher price point. And I'm like, everyone should have access to clean pleasure. Everyone should be able to freely shop organic and sustainable. Yes. But there's this like tier that it has to be more expensive and I'm like ready for it to be the norm and normalized and yeah we could do a whole podcast on yeah just wanted to throw that out there because it can be when you're getting feedback from your fan base sometimes it's like sometimes you are just trying so hard to survive (laughs) you know Completely, completely So with shipping liquids, just curious, uh, what did that look like? What were the difficulties in that learning experience with mailing liquids? Did you have to slap a label on the box? Did you have to do something special? Where can you not ship? So we only ship domestically at the moment, but that's more of a regulatory thing in terms of having only English on our packaging. Because our bottles are glass, we were really careful about our design and made sure to do uh, inserts in all of our boxes. Um, and we did do a full like drop test, shipping test, shipped from uh, LA to Cape Cod, I believe, to make sure it would go through the whole mail system and arrive on time. We really love the U.S. Postal Service. Not great. Yeah. We are big champions of the U.S. Postal Service. Um, we ship primarily through them. Got to keep them alive. And I think it's really about inserts. It's really about, you know, measure twice, cut once um, when you're really figuring out your product packaging so that it can live in just a bubble mailer. So we don't have to use peanuts or extra packaging. Will we continue to iterate? Absolutely. But I think there's ways that you can initially get to a MVP or most viable product, especially from a packaging and shipping standpoint. I know Hannah and I both worked for other businesses prior to this one, and we're privy to seeing what happens when products are not packaged properly in shipment and dealing with customer service on Hannah's side or dealing with angry customers 
or retailers on my side of things if things arrive broken. So we were, um, you know, utilizing our past professional PTSD as we came to our final packaging. And I think that it showed and we haven't really had, I don't know, have there been any breaks? I don't know. I want to knock on wood. <laughs> I'm going to throw this out there because this is new to me, but with chat GPT, I was playing with it yesterday and I just had, look, I'm not in customer service anymore. Thank God. Thank God. Cause I'm so emotional. It. Oh my God. It fucking like tears soul apart. But I just wanted, I was curious. I asked the robot, I was like, how do you tell a customer they can no longer shop with you nicely? (laughs) And it gave me like the most beautiful, rich response. And I called my executive brand manager and I was like, we are going through all of our response templates and we are asking the robot to refine them. So anyone listening in customer service, if you just don't even know where to start or begin, the, the robot can help. It really can. I love that you used that. It's such an amazing tool. Like, fuck yes. That's incredible. What a great way to use it. So I also wanted to put your blog on a little pedestal on the website. You guys have some great blog articles. So really quickly, I just wrote down five that I thought that sparked my interest. So I want you guys to pick one of the blogs I say and just give a quick like feedback or opinion about it because I think these were really rich and juicy. So we have Harmonizing Your Pleasure and Menstrual Cycle. We have Antidepressants in Sex. We have the Anatomy 101, the Pelvic Floor. And lastly, we kind of talked about it, the CBD and Pleasure. So I just didn't know if either of you had a little, you know, spiel to give about either of those in your personal life or if you felt something that was necessary to tell the world about either. Thank you so much for the blog, love, first of all. And what I'm really proud of is most of those were written by by certain experts. So the menstruation one was by Kate Morton. She runs a seed cycling company. The pelvic floor was from a pelvic floor specialist, uh, Shireen, who has worked for us. And I'll shout out that one because I, when we started building this company, I started having conversations with girlfriends that I didn't typically have. And I had a girlfriend who was like, yeah, I've been seeing a pelvic floor specialist for years. And I was like, oh my God, I had no idea. She's like, yeah, use lube for that. And just understanding, like for me, I'm learning from our own blog and understanding more anatomy than I did in any sex ed class. And so I was so grateful to like, we are very vocal. Like we know a lot and we don't know a lot. So what we don't know, we pass it off to the experts and Shireen who wrote the pelvic floor. She's written a couple of anatomy ones for us. I was like, if I'm learning about this and this is my space, who else is going to learn about this? So I loved working with her. I could go on about the others, but I'll, I'll pass to Steph. Yeah. To Hannah's point, We've been recently touching on and pointing to different experts to come in and write on our behalf, which I think is so important, especially because education is huge for us. You know, we want to be cheeky and fun and loud about intimacy, but making sure that you know we are a uh, vetted source where you can come and learn about your health. Like sexual wellness is a part of your health. Prioritizing pleasure is a part of your health. Not only will it help you from a body standpoint, but it also relaxes your mind. As Hannah mentioned before, stress is an epidemic. We're trying to help change that. Masturbation 
self-pleasure as well as sex with a partner on a regular basis is going to make the world a better place. I could go on and on about all of that. But in terms of the good, good, you know, antidepressants on sex and CBD and pleasure were actually written by both two different interns of ours. I feel so grateful that we have had some really wise and intelligent young ladies come on board with us through our small or shorter life cycle as a brand. Antidepressants and sex is something near and dear to my heart. I am definitely on antidepressants and I have dealt with that. Well, look, three is the crowd. (laughs) We love mixing Western and Eastern medicine, baby. Our intern came to us with that as a topic. I was like, definitely right about this. I think it's super important to touch on. And just from her own, you know, first person experience, as well as doing the research to back it up, I think it makes it so much more humanizing. And that this is something that we a lot of us experience. I don't want to say all of us. I mean, all three of us, but not everybody. And then also how to deal with, you know, a partner who may be dealing with some issues as well, whether it's low libido or how to get, you know, more excited about this. And I think the other thing is how tied sex is with mental health generally. And that's something that has been major for us since day one, definitely talking about mindfulness and sex and making sure that we understand the mind body connection. It's so crucial. You can't have good sex if you're not in the right mind space. It just doesn't work. It's all connected. And I was really grateful that she came to the table with that as the first piece that she wrote for us. For the CBD and pleasure, there's a lot that people don't know about this. And there is a lot of education around our our CBD pleasure oil peak. So highlighting that and making it known that this can amplify your pleasure, it will increase arousal. Here's how it works from a science standpoint, and really leaning into science. I think the good good is a place for us to explore both the intellectual sides of these topics, as well as getting a little bit nerdy with the science. I always say like talk nerdy to me because that really gets me going. I didn't even know that until (laughs) really dove deeper into this business. But I want to know things. And as Hannah said, if we're learning, our customers are learning. Yeah, I love product testing. I have so many dicks in my house. <laughs> I think with the antidepressants, the the lube is going to be such a great party starter, like for when when you're not feeling it, you know, when you want to feel it too. Exactly. It's like you don't have to compromise pleasure because you're taking care of another yes. part of your of your health. Well said. So, last bonus question for you both: Are you more focused on? sex or success in your life right now and why (laughs) great question Um, i saw this is a few years ago i saw a red carpet interview someone asking tiffany haddish like hey how are you doing she goes i'm successful and i was like i love that answer so much so i think we are maybe we've been in la too long but we are so into the mindset of manifestation so i'm like we are successful and being able to create a successful sex business not to cop out but like we're focused on both and so Stephanie's dating. I'm in a committed relationship. My boyfriend's like, is this field research again? Or are we? (laughs) I'm like, it's both. Okay. It's business and pleasure. So that is my cop out answer that I'm on both. But I know Stephanie will have a a more concise, nerdy answer. I would say 
I am more success focused and have been for quite some time. Dick is a distraction for me <laughs> building our company. So I try my hardest not to fall into the trap because good dick will imprison you. Been there, done that. helps me focus. Okay, we're different. We're different. We're different. Primarily success focused on my end. I used to say that our business is my boyfriend. I think that still is the truth day in and day out, my one true love. So I think that to just also have the balance, I mean, Hannah and I are are the perfect yin and yang, to be Mm -hmm. totally honest. I mean, she's blonde, I'm brunette. She's the sun, I'm the moon. It's a whole thing. We could go into it way more deep, deeply, especially as it relates to astrology. Fire sign, water sign, we could go on. I think having success be what I stand upon first and foremost, and sex being a little bit of an afterthought. One is a bit intimidating to a lot of men. Two, I think it gives an edge as we approach a lot of our conversations that we've been having recently. And three, you know, what is success without sex or what is sex without success? These are the kind of existential questions I ask myself on a daily basis. But I think just moving forward and making sure that there is more balance. That is something I've realized is I am not very good at balance. So maybe I need to bring sex into the success arena. Hannah's done it. Um, It's happening. It's good for her. For me, I think what the best, what I'm hearing you say, Steph, and going back to your question, Anna, whether we're sex focused or success focused, they both yield pleasure. And so we're pleasure focused. And like, that's so good. Mm-hmm. I read something that said to think about like a project you're working on or something work focused while you are masturbating because when you orgasm, you are completely inhibited in your creative juices and all the I'm sure the science behind it explains it way better than me. Um so I've been experimenting with that when I'm having my 30 second Hitachi session zap zoomies. <laughs> I am a firm believer in masturbation manifestation. Definitely am a heavy user. Um, (laughs) I hope this is a safe space. Hi, my name is Stephanie. Hey, y'all. Focus on... We got to lean in. But if you're just starting that, I do believe like you enter into a different mind space, almost similar to when you're meditating. So I, I encourage you to continue because it is something that has worked for me for a few years and definitely has helped me get to a better place, especially with self love and self like good better self talk, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, absolutely. Every single orgasm manifest. Absolutely. (sighs) Hardcore. We're all in and we are like, literally the cool at this point. She said, I'm a heavy user. (laughs) Back. All right. So to top the cherry top to this amazing episode, what advice would you like to give to our slutrepreneurs who are maybe wanting to start a wellness brand? Maybe they're inspired to, or if you have something better to say to our slutrepreneurs who are interested in trying lube for the first time or an intimacy product that you you have to offer. So 
Pick your poison. I would say if you're starting a business, wellness, product related, get into a rhythm or a routine to build mental toughness. Allow yourself to feel the feels. Like Stephanie and I always say health is wealth. We got to prioritize our mental health because starting a business, you have to be a little fucking crazy. It is bananas. And especially if you're a woman listening to this and you're starting a business, it's that much harder. And don't quit when you feel like you're going to quit. We've talked to female founders that are like, I can't do this anymore. I'm like, you can, you can, you can, and you must. And so if you have questions on like, where do you even begin? DM us at Personal Faith Co. Because like we could that's a whole other episode of just like motivating you to get shit done it's scary and you got to do stuff that scares you being comfortable with the uncomfortable will take you to the next level and try loop. it's the best i'll let stephanie talk about that I'll talk about why to try lube. And then I also want to add on to something that you said about how to start business, especially as a woman or a female identifying person. Why to try lube? It will just enhance your situation no matter what you're doing, especially CBD lubricant. Um, It has changed everything. I mean, people tell us they've had the best orgasms of their lives. I've definitely had the best orgasms of my life. Like no questions asked. It's cheaper than couples therapy. We've saved marriages here. Like this stuff really works. Um, I can't say enough good things about it. And if your partner is not on board, maybe you need to question your partnership. Not to just like throw that out there. Shots fired. We don't want to break people up. It's just like, you know, have the conversation. Yes, but... They should be a co-conspirator with your both your sex toys and your lubricant choices. So just know that it's not weird to ask or to try to bring it into your bedroom situation. In terms of starting a business as a slutrepreneur or a female entrepreneur, something that Hannah and I have been really leaning into heavily is building community. I think it is so important to have other female founder friends who are working on businesses alongside you. Hard to find. (laughs) When you find, latch. Um, Hard to find, but once you find your tribe, so important to cultivate and sustain those relationships, especially when you're at different life cycles of your business. I think it's also important to make sure that people are in different industries than you so that you can compare learnings as well as just having someone to relate. The founder the founder journey is really isolating and really difficult to explain to people who aren't in it, but other founders speak a language that only we understand and I believe wholeheartedly that you have to find these people and that they will make all the difference in the world. I know that before I left LA to come to New York, Hannah hosted a really great happy hour at her place. And we had about 15 female entrepreneurs come and just talk and everyone was working on something very different from the other. We had a couple people who are service-based, but mostly product-based, but they were all different. And I really just, you know, it was an, it was a, gathering of, you know, telling everybody the trials and tribulations, but also celebrating each other and telling each other how proud we are. I know that Hannah and I tell each other every day that we're proud of each other. And that keeps us going, especially on some of the weeks that are harder than others, which there definitely are and is a roller coaster of emotion. Amen. A fucking men. So make sure to follow these beautifuls on their Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Personal Fave Co. That is P E R S O N A L F A V C 
And I have a discount code for you guys. If you want to use code SLUT, you know how to spell that. 20% off at personalfave.co. And all that will be linked in the description. If you don't know how to spell type, you can just click the link and it'll take you there. So Hannah and Stephanie, thank you for giving us a peek into your pleasure chest. I wish you all the success in your business and personal wellness journeys. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Anna. So fun. It's the end of the show, so time to plug myself and pay some bills. So lube up. If you want to keep the show going and learn more about myself and my empire, you can check more out at professionalgoddess.com. My YouTube, mentorships, ebook series, and everything else is linked in the description of this episode, as always. And remember, every time you leave a five-star review, a slutpreneur has an orgasm. So keep the big O's coming. Connect with your fellow girl gang in the Sludgepreneur Squad Facebook group at cehose.com. That's cehose.com. You can also just search Professional Goddesses in the Facebook search bar and it should come right up. Plus, we have a Discord chat, which is our triple X chat to help our fellow sluts out. You can get this link through the Facebook group or just shoot me an email. We'll get you in there. And lastly, if you want to get all up inside me, follow my free OnlyFans at Rebecca Blue with two Ks and my explicit page at Rebecca Rabbit. Now, all you have to do is put in OnlyFans.com backslash my username. I also offer shout outs, which can be purchased at RebeccaBlue.com or just private message me on OnlyFans. So I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. And as always, refuse to be anything but successful. Go make that money, honey. I'll see you queens next Wednesday. Bye.